0: Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Barrett Brooks. I'm the COO at ConvertKit. My co-host is our CEO, Nathan Barry. We're on a mission to help creators earn a living, and this is a show about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. Welcome back to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm Barrett Brooks. This is Nathan Barry, and this is episode 51. Uh, today, we are on the first day of a new format of the show. Uh, we've shared with all of you how we've been contemplating changing things up. We made an initial eight-week commitment to go daily on the show. We followed through and did 10 weeks. You're welcome. 50 whole episodes of daily shows live on the YouTubes uh, and then to the the podcast feed as well. And um, as Nathan talked through what we wanted to do instead, Nathan and I talked through what we wanted to do instead... We really wanted to focus on a couple of things. One is continuing to grow as creators. Um, And so this format we think is going to allow us to push ourselves a little bit more on taking a deep dive, doing a lot more research for every episode um, and giving us a little bit more space to explore ideas. And two, it's going to allow us to continue to be the hosts. So those are the two things we wanted to optimize for is if we're going to keep doing the show, do it in a way that pushes us to grow as creators and two, do it in a way that allows us to have the time to keep doing it at all rather than handing it over to other hosts. So um, we're going to be going live every Monday at noon Pacific. Um, just like normal, except for it'll be 45 to 60 minutes. We'll see what we kind of settle on in terms of length. Um, we'll never shoot for length. We'll always shoot for clarity of communication. But as you know, we're talkative. And then Fridays, we'll do a Q&A episode, just like always. So um, continue to send us your questions on Twitter and in the chat. We'll make sure we add them to our Friday agenda. But before we get
1: too much further, Nathan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm green today. Had a really good weekend at one point this weekend, there was the smell from the smoker drifting into the house as the door opened, you know. And then there was fresh baked bread in the oven. And then like a little smell of some espresso recently made. And I was like, I'm doing this weekend right. This is, <laughs> this is winning at life. Um, so we had a good weekend. We did a bunch of things. Um, hosted a graduation ceremony for my brother-in-law where we tried to make him go through all the painful aspects of a graduation ceremony, but we all wrote speeches. Um, we had him, we read off a whole bunch of names, had him, you know, do a long walk around before we went up to receive his diploma. Um, we read, you know, uh, from some well-known American poets, uh, namely Kendrick. Um, you know, it was just, it, it was good. And I think he felt properly loved and, uh, celebrated. So and a little you know, bit hazed. Just, just a little bit. Uh, uh, how
0: about you? Uh, let's see. This weekend was good. I didn't do a whole lot. It felt like it went by quite fast. Um, I took Friday off, aside from kind of off. I did the podcast, and we still did our typical kind of catch up and, and reviewed the week. Uh, this weekend, spent a bunch of quality time with my son and my wife. I, I don't know why I differentiate between the two. I did both, and separately at times. <laughs> uh, smoked some, uh, baby back ribs. That was fun. I always enjoy getting the smoker out. And then, uh, lastly, I did a bunch of writing on my, on my personal site as we continue to build our strategy for convert going forward that combined with some business coaching. I've just been really inspired to get back to writing on, on my own own site, barrettbrooks.com. And, um, A lot of it obviously is inspired and informed by our work at ConvertKit. And so they very much go hand in hand. It's almost like processing my own learning uh, through the work um, or through the writing about our work here. And that has been really fun. I've been working on this introductory sequence on the eight principles of meaningful work And, um, it's bringing a lot of clarity to my own thinking about what drives meaningful work. Number one. And number two, it has, uh, as they say, made me dog food, our own product, which reveals all of the little frictions that we know that our customers face every day, but it makes them personal and, um, not that they're not important when someone tells us about it from our customer base, but it makes it that much more painful because we can kind of feel it ourselves and they're not big things. I mean, the product is incredible as a baseline. And then there are these little changes that I see that we can make just to make it that much more enjoyable to use. And so I'm really excited about both those things, doing the writing and using our product as a creator has been a ton of fun. Give me a lot of energy. It made me excited to get up today. So yeah,
1: yeah. that's good. Well, before we dive into the show, um, one thing with switching to just twice a week, we we're, we're thinking about some aspects that we really love. And one thing that we really love is the live stream and live interaction. So one thing that we're going to uh, push for is to make that a bit more of an event and get even more uh, people hanging out in live stream. So I actually put together um, just a calendar invite or a shared calendar. If you guys, I dropped a link in the chat if you all want to um, check that out and try it. Basically, we'll just add our recording times in there. And, uh, you know, you can, a little reminder to come join us live. Um, so you can do that. For anyone following along, if you go to futureblogstocreators.com, Um, I have the calendar linked up there. So just a little reminder to hop on at uh, Mondays and Fridays or fake Mondays like today. We adjust to holidays, you know. We do. No, it seriously feels like Monday. Like there's all these things happening that happen on Tuesdays. I'm like, they shouldn't be doing that. Today's Monday. But I'm really hoping not. that will mean that today, as
0: a Tuesday, will not feel like previous Tuesdays recently have felt, which is like it's been a year since the week started. So far, so good. So we'll yes. see how I feel at the end of the day. Um, in other news, we have an actual topic today. <laughs> We're only six <laughs> minutes in, people. Come on, That's you not can bad. fast this up. On, on a lot of podcasts, you're still hearing ads at this point, okay? Mm-hmm. You're getting to know us better. This is fine. But the topic of the day is thank you pages. So you might hear thank you pages and think, oh my God, what is a thank you page and who cares? Well, let me tell you why you should care. A thank you page is the immediate next thing a person sees after they subscribe to your email list. Um, By the way, email is having another revival. Oh, yeah. I, I swear, it's like email is the protocol that will never die. It is mm-hmm. so resilient. And the amount of people I see talking about starting an email list today is remarkable. I'm thrilled, obviously, because <laughs> we're in the business of email. But more broadly, there are so many tools out there that creators use. And it is amazing to me the way that creators are using email to earn a living directly these mm-hmm. days, which is really exciting. Thank you pages are a way to influence that. It's a way to influence exactly the path that a subscriber follows in your kind of journey or your world that you're creating for them of your writing, your publishing, your creating, that moment of subscription might be the moment when someone is most motivated to get to know your work better. And a lot of us completely squander that by showing them something like success, talk to you later. Instead, a thank you page gives them a very tailored experience that encourages encourages them to either make their first purchase with you or go read an article or listen to your album or something like that. And so we're going to get into uh, a bunch of research that Nathan especially has done today on some very specific use cases for thank you pages, some specific ones that actually exist out there in the wild. uh, And then just more generally what you should be doing to create a thank you page uh, for your email subscribers. So, um, I want to start at the top and, uh, go with um, what are the pieces of a great thank you page and kind of what are we aiming for uh, when we're creating one, Nathan?
1: Yeah. So the first thing is to have one. I think one thing that has been difficult for a long time is to actually set one up. And so people are like, how do I custom build that? Do I have to use funnel software? And for a long time, people would make one as like a hidden page on their site. Um, and that was the best way to do it. And and that was true even in ConvertKit for a long time of like they're thank you pages didn't exist and convert it until, I don't know, four months ago. And so it was hard to do. And so most people just did like a little page, like a little success message that showed and said, check your email. But you have this thing of like, you have someone's attention right there on your site and you can direct them to the next thing. So a good thank you page, I think should do three things. One is set expectations of the type of content that they should get, like reinforce any expectations that you set um, before they subscribed like tell them where to get the thing, you know, if I gave you a free, a free guide, I would say, awesome. It is now in your inbox. Go get that. Um, I would further try to make a connection. Like I've seen some great thank you pages that just have like character and personality and and fun. I'll showcase a couple of those. And it's a perfect time to do that. You know, like a really goofy example would be, you know, if you say you want to bring an animal into it, right? If your dog is a part of a big part of your life, maybe like you and your dog, And on the thank you page and be like, Hank is so excited that you signed up today. Or, you know, like something like that to bring a little bit more personality into it. And the last thing is like, figure out the immediate next action. You have their attention. Where do you want to direct it? Most people are like, awesome. That course is coming up. Check your email tomorrow. And they're like, tomorrow? I want to do things right now. I want to do things today. And so it's like, okay, what do you want them to do? There's a bunch of different things you could have them do. Um, Probably the two most common would be share a, like share a tweet. I just downloaded Barrett's free guide to um, you know uh, five steps to finding your next career or whatever it is. Right, have a, a shareable there because they're excited to do it. Um, or like buy something. So we're going to share a bunch of examples, and uh, I guess I'll just dive right into some of these examples. And these just are all do from- it from the community. So I put out a tweet, I don't know, a week ago or something, and wanted to get some of these in place. Um, this first one that I want to show is a tool called Sparkloop, uh, which helps you build email, uh, yeah, email newsletter referral systems. So if you've ever seen like the Skim or the Hustle or um, some of these really big newsletters have this referral system built in. And they're in you know uh, um, private early access. But when you sign up for their list, uh, you come in and then it says like, awesome, let's book a call. And so they've got, you know, a Calendly link embedded right here. They, you know, I like how even I was thinking from a design perspective, this little thumb or like finger pointing over there is enough to actually get your eye to go over it. And And it didn't even take a designer to, to do that. It was just um, pretty straightforward. And they mentioned on Twitter that this uh, converts really well. So let's say you're doing consulting, um, consulting product demos, Maybe you had an, a questionnaire to see if someone's a good fit as a coaching client and you want to book a 10 minute call with them or a 20 minute, like, Hey, let's fill this out. Booking a call is a great next step. And the nice thing is if someone gets there and they say, I don't want to book a call, then that's fine, right? You already got their email and you can follow up over email. So it's a very, I'm trying to think of how to describe this. A lot of times when you're making a sale, people seem like they have to make the sale right then. It feels almost desperate right? Cause before you're going, you're like, you're going to close the tab and you're going to move on on a thank you page. You don't have to do that because you have their email, they opted in. And so you can say, Hey, if you're interested right now, check this out. If not, like that's okay. We're going to build a relationship, um, over the long term."
0: Yeah. I love this because what a lot of people do is, um, they do the inverse. They ask for the call right up front. Right. right. And, um, That's fine. You probably have some conversion there. But if you think about the natural steps of a conversion funnel, you're really, you really want progressive engagement. You want people to have less of a barrier at every step that they take with you. And when you think about booking a call, I mean, that's like a big action that's saying I'm interested. I might want to buy. I'm open to you pressuring me into buying that might, you might not pressure, but they're going to think that that's, what's going to happen on that call. And so by getting their email address first, it gives you a chance to get back in touch. In some ways, a first visit to your website, your only goal is to get the chance to be back in touch with that person. Otherwise, you're counting on them to what? Type in your URL again, find you on Google on some uh, future search, or maybe you're retargeting them with advertising. And so getting that email address before you ask for that bigger, uh, bigger step is really smart. And then taking, you know, it's kind of like taking your shot right up front when they're interested saying, okay, well, if you wanted to sp- subscribe as an email subscriber, you might be interested in booking a call as well. And so you're getting that, maybe you convert 3% of website visitors to email subscribers, which would be pretty good. And then below that, uh, maybe you have 5% of those who end up booking a call or 10% of those who end up booking a call. Um, so it's a smart approach there. Yeah,
1: that's good. Next one that I want to show is a fairly straightforward one. Um, And this is uh, from Fred Rivet, who uh, has tuned into a few podcast episodes. So he has this app titled Yet Another Habit App. Yaha. (laughs) FYI. Yaha. Exactly. I I just like it, right? Because you can tell he's fun and playful and, you know, he's speaking to his customer basically already of like, there's tons of habit apps. Like, do you really want another one? Um, and so as you sign up, our good friend, Charlie's got a, a little interesting, you know, reply to him that he's featuring there. So you're requesting early access. And when you subscribe, if you jump in, what it does is he has this fun, playful thing, right? Of he's like, uh, Hey, this I'm Fred, the guy behind Yaha. And uh, as he goes through, He's just playful. He's talking about budgets. He's talking about all these things, but then he's got a shared tweet. And what I like, as always, no pressure. I won't bribe you with getting early access, but your help for sure would brighten my day. And so it's just like a conversational style. It's just fun. And he has one clear ask that he's saying, all right, share this and um, we'll, we'll get more people on the list. And I even like the fact that for his audience, right, it's a bunch of early adopters. So they probably all come across Mailbox and all these other tools that... Um, you know, the more you share, the further you get moved up the queue. And he's just like, look, I'm not doing that, but I'm an indie creator. And if you can help me out, I'd appreciate it. Yeah. And so it just has this great style. And I bet this has resulted in a decent number of tweets.
0: Yeah. I love that. Um, tweeting is depending on the person. Okay. If you, if you ask a Twitter power user to tweet about your thing, they might not do it. Mm-hmm. But for your average person, that's got a couple hundred followers, maybe, Um, it's not that big of an ask, you know? It's like, yeah, sure, I'll share. Um, I like you so far, and um, I don't see any reason not to. There's this concept of K-factor, or uh, in disease terminology, it's the R-naught. And right now it's very relevant, obviously, with coronavirus, and it's the number of people that, it's basically the spreadability of a disease. In the case of an online business or a creator-driven business, uh, it's the spreadability of an idea that we really want to happen here. And if you can get every email subscriber to talk about you to several people and generate another email subscriber from talking about you, you've got this infinite growth loop. Now you're gonna lose subscribers. Every time you hit send, you're gonna lose subscribers, okay? And that's fine, that's normal. And so what you're looking for is just for net growth to be on the up and up. I saw this great tweet over the weekend, Someone saying they were surprised by how flat their growth curve was of their uh, email list. But it makes sense, really, because it's not like an exponential growth curve kind of thing for most email lists. It's just really hard to make that happen. But if you can get people to talk about you publicly, especially right after they subscribe, you've got this chance to add more and more people just by nature of growing the list to begin with. So it kind of amplifies what you've already done, which is a huge
1: win. Yeah. And... You know, the success of asking someone to tweet about your thing is going to actually largely be driven by how exciting the new thing is, right? How exciting and valuable. And also the reputation that you have already, Mm -hmm. right? So if I'm already a fan of Barrett's and he comes out and says, Hey, there's this new guide that I put out, you know, or this new product that I'm working on, I might tweet and share about it because I'm basing that on my, like the reputation that he already has for me, because I haven't read the guide. I haven't, gone through that whole material yet, but if he has a reputation of already putting out interesting things, then I actually get like a little bit of status in sharing that new thing and being one of the first to tell people that like, oh, Barrett or James or anybody else put out this new thing and I'm getting excited about it. So definitely do a, you know, a share link early on if you're just getting started because every new subscriber makes a huge difference. And then still it's really good to do later on when you have an audience already, because they're going to be more likely to share because of that reputation that you already hold.
0: I really wanna highlight the psychology of that because it's a hugely important point, which is that I like the way he asked for the share. It's like, help me out, I'm an indie creator. That is a a good way to ask and generous people will do it. More people will take action though when there's something in it for them. And if you can position it as they are going to gain status, to your point, mm-hmm. or they are going to be seen as a curator or an early adopter or a discoverer of interesting things, that's really the ideal thing you want to appeal to here. Because if they them sharing your thing makes them look better to all of their friends and people who follow them on social media, now they're winning by making you win. And so when you're writing copy, really thinking about Number one, make sure that they can gain status by discovering your thing. And number two, highlight that, you know, encourage it in that vein when you're writing your copy, because a lot of people, even those people who don't prioritize status over everything, we all, we all, we are social animals, which means that we play status games, even when we don't value status. So it's a, it's a valuable psychological uh, tactic. I want, it's not a trick even, it's just a tactic that takes advantage of how people operate.
1: Yep, it's just how how the world works. All right, the next example I want to give is one that I think a lot of people can use, and that is to pitch a course on your uh, thank you page. So actually, uh, so Holly, uh, who's this incredible designer from New Zealand who does a lot of social media graphics and a lot of stuff for ConvertKit, she, uh, as you go through, right, she has this ultimate branding checklist, just great design, great sales page as you go through. And I say sales page because it's, you're paying with an email address in this case it's still a sale you know and so she's saying put in your name and email and when you go send me the checklist it actually you know emails you the checklist but then it redirects you to a version of this page which is her course sales page and so the the actual thank you page is a little bit more like thanks for downloading then it takes you into this page but it just takes you right into uh, going and buying buying the course and if we go in here right we've got the enroll now and we can dive in and actually go through and, and buy the course on, on teachable. And so she's just taking you right in. of like, Hey, if you like the free thing, what, well, you know, you're going to like this paid one. And I have a, a version of a shared automation that um, I'll showcase in a second that I think uh, everyone will find interesting, but I think that's going to be the most common thing that you want to do is sell a product. Cause something that happens here is if you are trying to let's say you're trying to do paid traffic, you're trying to get um, Facebook or YouTube or Google ads uh, to work. Then if you can get a lot of those people, maybe you're willing to pay two or $3 for every new subscriber that comes into your community. If you can get some portion of them to buy right away on the thank you page and to come through and, and make this purchase, then that's going to be a significant help when you are planning ad spend. Because otherwise what happens is you end up spending money upfront, right? To, to get the ad, to get the new subscriber. And then over time, right? You build this trust, they enjoy your content. And then your next course launch comes up and you're like, great, now I launch this thing um, or whatever the product is. And you had to front all that money over here and, you know, say a month or six months later, you're getting the reward from it. That's hard to do. I don't know a lot of creators that have, you know, excess money around when they're getting started in order to front it. Usually you're putting everything into bringing your dream to life. And so by making that sale early on, you could actually make paid traffic work, um, in an industry where it might not by default. Yeah, And
0: so the thing to think about here on the economic side is you always want to optimize for the long-term value of the relationship yeah. with one of your subscribers. Right. And at the same time, all, th- all other things being equal, if you can earn a dollar today versus earning a dollar 30 days from now, you should earn the dollar today. So what that means is, if you can maintain the same long-term value or lifetime value of the relationship to a given subscriber by accelerating their first purchase to day one, then you should do that because you you don't you want improved free cash flow. Basically, you want your cash to be coming back into the business as quickly as possible. Because now, what that does is, let's say normally it would take you ninety days to earn your 10000 $10, dollars back that you're going to spend on ads. I'm using a big number because it's round. If you could accelerate that to day 1 where you earn $3000 back today, you can immediately respend that $3000 on ads rather than having to wait a whole 90-day period before you can spend again, on advertising. And so what you want to do is shorten that window so that you get the money back so that you can consistently be using that $10,000 to attract new people. And you're recycling the money really fast and then peeling the profit off the top of it to pour either into your income or into other areas of the business. So that's why making a small product sale upfront can be really smart because you can actually have a self-funding advertising cycle there or flywheel, as we've talked about it in the past, that allows you to accelerate your growth ever faster over time, which is really exciting if you can unlock that, that path there.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's totally worth playing with and figuring out. Okay. We've shared a lot of examples. I want to give one more example and then go back to uh, what I think is the most common or, or simplest setup. Um, and that is... Uh, this one from uh, Brennan Dunn and the team over at Write Message, and this is theirs. When you sign up for Write Message, which they're a personalization software product, then you know they have these lessons on how to basically how to do personalization. You know how to use their tool, which is a great way. Right, they're leading with education, but then they actually put further personalization on the thank you page. So it says, if we can help you with just one thing, what would it be? And they're trying to get you to select one of these because they're asking you basically, what's your intent? Where do you where do you want to go from here? Um, and they have an article that I'll drop in the chat um, about how to use Right Message um, to set up these thank you page surveys. So you can see right there, they've got their free course, which I love the fact that they're using a uh, uh, ConvertKit Unsplash image of yeah. our good friend Cortland. On there, it's just fun seeing them out in the wild now that they've got literally millions of views at this point. Um, and then it drops you into like how they do the personalization. So I'll drop a link to this uh, in the chat and we'll put it in the show notes as well. All right, um, last thing that I wanna show on this is basically I took some time and I made uh, a, an example landing page. So this is our uh, 10 steps to better family photos. I just made all this up on the spot, but I wanted to have something to share with you so you could go through it. Right, so this whole page is about getting you to download our free guide, our free photography guide. We've got some testimonials in here. We got you know more content, and then download the guide. And if you were to check out the uh, incentive or confirmation email, you know it's saying download your free guide. When they click this button, it will take them to the guide, and also it will um, confirm their email address behind the scenes. So this is all pretty typical, just using a ConvertKit landing page. As we get into it, there's the thank you page over here. Now, a thank you page can look almost entirely the same, really similar. We're just trying to change the the content. We're not trying to design a new site. So that makes it way easier. First, um, our headline is just about like, check your email to download the guide, what they need to go do to get the thing that they signed up for. You might even change this out for a graphic of like your inbox. I've seen people take screenshots of, the guide email kind of like in Gmail or in the inbox. And that's good. But then as we keep scrolling, all that I've got here is taking somebody through actually, you know, buying the photography masterclass. And again, I just made all this up. So it's really simple, but this would link off to buying the course on uh, Gumroad or Teachable or some other platform. And a lot of people are just going to come in and get their guide and that's great. But then you're going to have some people who, you know, keep scrolling and want to dive in and say, okay, well, what, what can I buy? Do I want to accelerate my learning by taking the course? And then the last thing is, um, this is all in a convert kit, um, automation. And so the way this goes through is right. We have our opt-in page, um, which I just showed you. That's, uh, this page where we download it. And then because we're, you know, the landing page is sending out an email right away. We're waiting a day. Um, and then after that, we're starting to pitch them on buying that, that course, the same one we were selling on the landing page and they're on the thank you page. And then when they get through, when they finished it, we'll drop them, either have them leave the automation or move them off to our evergreen newsletter or something entirely different. Now here's the other cool thing. We have this event in here. And what happens when you hit an event is it pulls the subscriber forward to that point. So when they purchase the course, say if they purchase it right away, they'll get pulled forward and start receiving emails about how to make the most of the course or, you know, what, what to do from there. And then when they finish that, they're going to also get, you know, exit and move on to the evergreen newsletter. So like with all shared automations in ConvertKit, you can make them shared. And so I'll drop the link uh, to this one in the chat and uh, um, we'll get it in the show notes as well. So you can actually just import this into any ConvertKit account that you have but that's how I would do it. That's the whole, the whole pitch of how to set it up.
0: Yeah, that's great. So for anyone listening, um, Nathan created an automation inside of ConvertKit that follows up on this subscription. And in the top right of the screen, within any automation, there's a little button that looks like a share button, little, uh, curvy arrow. And, um, you can actually share any template of any automation you built. So, um, you could even, I guess you could productize this if you wanted to, you could, um, the link would be public, but a lot of people's down product download links are public. So it's a really interesting way to share value with your audience. If you have some people in your audience who want to follow in your footsteps, uh, making an automation and then sharing it either on a social media platform or with your email list can be a really interesting way to help them, uh, replicate what you're doing. A couple other things. I want to, I want to kind of walk through the, Copy process for a minute, first of all. And secondly, I want to, before we get there, I want to talk about the fact that this also applies to upsell pages. So if you're selling, um, let's say, an entry level product, I don't know if you've ever heard this concept of kind of uh, product laddering, but there's this idea that you want to. May set the bar relatively low the first time someone buys something from you. So maybe it's a book or um, a short guide or a downloadable or like our, our colleague Charlie just built uh, uh, made a hand lettered font that she was selling for a relatively low price. Basically, you want to get people comfortable spending money with you and seeing that you're you're going to provide value in return. Now, if you already have a reputation that precedes you, you may not have to do that. You might be able to go to straight to a high paid product. Well, for a lot of people, when they sell, they build a sales page for a product, and let's say it's $29 or $19, something like that, entry-level price, then there's also a page that you redirect to after that purchase. And so the only difference here is it's a purchase instead of an email subscription. And one thing that I've heard from a lot of our customers and a lot of our friends who do this stuff really well is an upsell page immediately after that first purchase can be really effective. And so if all you're presenting on that front sales pages, this low price course. And then afterwards you say, oh, by the way, you can tack on whatever, $100 consulting session with me, or five interviews I did with experts on this topic for whatever price. That can be a really effective way to earn more money. Not everyone's going to do it and it might annoy some people, but for a percentage of people, they're going to spend that extra money with you. And it can be a great way to increase the value of a purchase uh, or an average purchase, which is a really important metric for anyone selling stuff online.
1: Yep. I think that's great. And just throwing a couple more examples in there. Let's say we're a comedian selling our special. Then maybe you want to like on that thank you page, you're giving, you're, you're selling the the director's cut, you know, the extended edition. Um, Or if we're a musician selling an album, then we might sell, be like, hey, for an extra $20, you can, you know, buy this mini documentary. It's 30 minutes. It's us going behind the scenes of how we wrote the songs and and like show some of those early drafts of it. So that you can do it in every industry. It's not just some of the examples that we might default to of courses or um, something else. There's always something that the true fans might want to buy. Even if you do multiple packages, So you're saying, buy this for $29 or this for $79. Somebody goes, I think I'll buy the $29 version. You can say, awesome. And they buy that and that goes through. And then it tells them how to get the most value out of it. And if they scroll down a little bit, it says, you could also upgrade and get X, Y, and Z, even though they're presented that in a different way on the previous page. So there's a ton that you can do with it.
0: Yeah. And I love that because the subtle difference is just instead of pitching the whole thing on the main sales page, now you just transition to pitching the gap between Mm -hmm. the one they bought and the one they could buy. Anyways, I just wanted to highlight that, that the concept, a next action on the page someone lands on is really powerful in a bunch of different contexts. Uh, Okay. So let's talk about copy. Um, We've talked about copy and calls to action on a page uh, asking someone for their email address. I thought Holly's example was a great example. I mean, she's taking that seriously. She is convincing you of all of the reasons you should value this thing, and then she's only asking for an email address. In some ways, I bet people are thrilled when they get to the bottom and they get it in exchange for an email address rather than for money. Mm -hmm. Um, But on that thank you page, you have the same elements, right? You have a headline, you have body copy, you can have imagery. My first question for you, Nathan, is, how much should the thank you page resemble the original landing page that someone was on or the sales page they were on?
1: Yeah, I would say probably 70 or 80%. You want it to feel like a cohesive experience. Don't make it too much the same. Like if you only change copy, people will think like, Oh, I'm right back on the, on the same page. If you think about it, the most common experience is getting taken back to the same page where like one little box has changed, but like, Yay! you know, it was like a little party over in where the form used to be. And, So you're just used to that. And you're like, cool, I'll close the tab and check my email. So you want to change enough about it, right? The big, bold headline should change. Maybe that graphic next to it. That's where I love the photo, like something to personalize it and add that character. Because they're like, oh, there wasn't a photo of Barrett and his dog on the sales page. That's just on the thank you page, you know. But don't feel like you need to go create a new template or site style or like don't overcomplicate it. Because the point is the copy and the content.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, one recommendation I have for you is maybe once every 18 months, hire a photographer who's local to you. Right now, obviously, this is hard, and go do a shoot around town, find a couple locations, or maybe even do it in your home office, wear a couple different outfits mm-hmm. and get some high quality photography of you doing different things, even if it's just posing against a brick wall or whatever your aesthetic is. Or if you're an Instagrammer, maybe you already have uh, photos of yourself that you can use. Or like for me, I have a lot of photography I take of landscapes and architecture that I can use on my blog for photography as well. And one thing that works really effectively to show the change in page is to use two photos from the same shoot but in different uh, locations. So maybe in one, you're walking across a street in an outfit. And then in that same outfit on the thank you page, maybe you're sitting at your desk or at a coffee shop or something like that, or doing a celebratory pose to thank someone for subscribing. And so just that change in imagery can show someone, Oh, this is a different page. I better read it. So that's one thing to note is having original imagery, especially of your face. Mm-hmm. Your face is very effective as a communication mechanism. And that's why on a lot of landing pages, you'll see a photo of someone with their eyes pointed at whatever the thing is that right. you want someone to do. Actually, here, I'll pull up my, my personal site real quick and I'll show you. Um, well, while you're
1: doing that, um, I would say if you can't get a photographer right now, get you know a spouse or significant other or somebody, even just like iPhones right now are really good. Uh, an iPhone taken as like the sun's starting to go down. And if you just go out and take a photo, I think I'm going to go create a stock photo pack just for my blog. Oh, look, it's Nathan journaling. Oh, look, it's Nathan crossing the street. Look, you know, as we're also taking photos, yes, you want headshots, but you also want the shot where you're off to one side and there's plenty of space over here. So I could be looking at this and there's like plenty of room for um, the opt-in form to live right there. So if you go create a bunch of those, it's going to be Just make building a site way easier.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. So this is a photo that our photographer from craft and commerce took, and it just happened to work, work out perfectly where, you know, whatever I'm on stage, which means you should trust me because I have a microphone on (laughs) Uh, anyways, in my gaze goes right at the headline. And so what we are trained to do as visual creatures is look for the imagery first And so on this page, I might scan the headline, but then I'm going to look at the person and then I'm going to look back at the headline Mm -hmm. because my gaze takes me there. So if you can take photos like this, this actually leaves maybe, uh, well, it worked perfectly here, but sometimes this might be a little bit too much space actually for what you're looking for. But this image, because it's high quality uh, and it doesn't get pixelated when you zoom in, could be cropped well for a lot of different situations on the web. So having some photos like that and doing the shoot with that purpose in mind is a really effective way to basically write down the shots that you want, especially if you're going to go out with your spouse, who's like, okay, I will do this, but you got 20 minutes because I'm not doing this all day. Write down what you want to get from them. And it can be a really great way to have some assets. Okay. So there's a little diatribe on imagery, but I think imagery really makes the web in a lot of ways. That said, words matter a lot. So one thing we talked about in the headline is to call out the real thing you want them to do, which is to go get the thing that they just, you just promised them. So you gave the example, Nathan, of, you know, go to your inbox or what, it, what did you say that headline was? Oh, I would have to look. Uh, okay. It was something like check your inbox now to get your free yeah. guide. So that's one very effective way to do it. Another way to think about this is if you assume they're going to go check their inbox on their own and they'll find it when they find it, you can use this thank you page for a completely new message. Now it should be aligned the same way the design should be aligned. The new message should be aligned to the last one as well. And so this new headline could be something like, I think my, let's see, my headline on my site, I just changed it today actually is your work should matter. And so Maybe on the thank you page, I want to preface the content that they're going to get. And I say, the eight principles, here are the eight principles of meaningful work. And then I just do a quick bulleted list. And then maybe at the bottom, I say, now go check your inbox to get the details on this. That could be another way where you're prefacing what they're going to get. And that way you give them something to do because the secret, it's not much of a secret, is that it takes a little bit of time and it can vary how long it takes for a person to actually receive the email with the download or with the material that you're promising them can vary from 20 seconds to 10 minutes. And that's based on a whole bunch of technical stuff that doesn't matter. Just know that entertaining them in the interim can be an effective way to make sure they get the thing eventually.
1: Any other copy ideas? I think that's, that's it. We did just get one question in the chat, which I want to tie in. That's from Soul Rain Art. Uh, She asks, would you recommend video or photos on the thank you page? I would recommend photos or an animated gif of if you want to make it plan, uh, fun and playful then like turning a short little clip of a video of you doing something um, into a gif that's not too large would be great but otherwise stick to photos though actually unless the thing that I'm trying to get you to do is like maybe buy a video course then I might want to draw you in with my teaching style and you know have more time to, to play with it so it kind of depends on where you're comfortable If you're not a video creator, I wouldn't do video, but if you are, then go for it.
0: Totally. Um, Here's a quick example from Sean Blanc on one of his sites called thesweetsetup.com. And uh, he pitches you on the eight best productivity apps for Apple users. So you get the guide and this is his thank you page. Um, And he has a video here of what is a sweet setup. I would be really curious to know how many plays this gets. Here's what my guess would be. If you put a video right after an opt-in form You're probably not catching people in a natural flow when they're ready to watch a video. So if I'm going to do a video on a thank you page like this, one, I'm going to check my stats and make sure that people are actually watching it and I'll switch it out if they're not. Two is I'm going to add captions Mm -hmm. because my hypothesis is that a lot of people when they're subscribing are doing that because they don't want to forget about you, but they don't have time right now to engage with you. And so when they subscribe, they're thinking, okay, cool. I've got the thing in my inbox. I'll get to it later. I'm not sure what they want to do is watch a video. However, if I'm sitting on the train, I'm walking my dog, I'm feeding my kid, whatever. And maybe I'm like mindlessly scrolling a video with some captions, especially in a situation where maybe I can't do sound could be a really effective way for me to kind of passively engage with the video. So if I was going to do a video, I just make sure I added captions.
1: Love it. I don't think I have anything else to add. I think, uh, I think we covered thank you pages pretty thoroughly.
0: We did it. Okay. Uh, number one, we would love your feedback on the new format. What'd you think? This was a 42 minute show so far. We're going to get into the next section here in a second, but if you like this format, please let us know. We're just Nathan at ConvertKit, Barrett at ConvertKit, or we're both way active on Twitter and it's sometimes a little easier to get us there. And secondly, I would love, love, love for you to leave a review on your podcast app of choice for the show. Um, We've been doing a pretty poor job of promoting the show. And one thing we know from being experienced podcasters is that reviews do a lot to help other people find the show if it would be helpful to them. So if you found an episode uh, that was particularly useful or the just arc of the show so far has been great for you, uh, please jump over to your podcast app, leave a review, Obviously, we love five stars, but we'll read all of them. So if you have feedback for us, we're happy to happy to take that too. Okay. <laughs> creator of the day.
1: That was a longer, <laughs> a longer sequence. We With a longer show, we get a longer creator sequence. Uh, I like it. Let's see, I'm just firing up screen sharing. My creator of the day is Karen X. Cheng. Um, she uh, is a filmmaker. She does a bunch of stuff her first viral video was I think it was titled girl learns to dance in a year. And, uh, that went crazy viral. We actually had her come out and speak at craft and commerce. Um, and it's been fun since then to see her pop up with like some of these low budget filmmaking videos that have gone crazy on Reddit and other places of like how to set up all kinds of different shots. Um, and then she has this company called waffle where she, helps brands do that. She's done done commercials for uh, Beats by Dr. Dre and all kinds of stuff. So she's an amazing creator. Uh, We're blessed to have her in our circles and uh, I love what she's doing.
0: Love it. My creator of the day is a friend of ours. His name is Mo Bunnell. Mo does a variety of things. However, if you're in a business, especially if you're uh, selling services, Mo, there might not be anyone better than Mo at teaching you how to sell well. He's a business development expert for sure. His site says it well. And what I love about him is that a lot of business development people kind of give you an icky feeling. They're like, they're a little overdone. Mo is so genuine and he's so good at building and maintaining relationships. It's so natural to him. He's basically just productized that and made it into a process. And so if you need to sell yourself, especially if you're selling higher uh, dollar item things like services. Um, Mo is the person to learn from. He's got a book called The Snowball System. That's a really good introduction to his methods. And he does in-person trainings. And so if you really want to invest in yourself, they're a couple thousand dollars, but uh, they are fantastic. And I think they might be literally the best in the industry. So Worth paying attention to Mo if you're uh, selling services or you're a freelancer. And beyond that, just if you want to learn from a business development pro, um, he's got a great uh, book, like I mentioned, and also a podcast that just launched.
1: Nice. That sounds good. I don't have a resource of the day. What do you what do you have? I'll close out I the, do. Of the day.
0: Okay, I love it. My resource of the day. This is gonna be a little nerdy, however. When, <laughs> when are a, you not? I am a uh, <laughs> Um. I am a big believer in assessments, not because I think they are true, but because I think they are useful. It's kind of like a mental model. You know, all models are wrong. Some are useful. Assessments are very much mental models. They're a way of thinking about yourself. The Highlands Ability Battery, what I love about it is it's not just personality. In fact, it's not really even personality at all. It's more focused on what is your brain's natural way of processing information. And so it tests for things like the ability to recognize tones from a musical standpoint or patterns in terms of shapes and sizes of things, Um, the ability to brainstorm words from a collection of letters. And these are all associated with skill sets that play themselves out in real world and career settings. So what I found about this assessment, the Highlands Ability Battery, is that it has been one of the most informative models for understanding the things that I am naturally good at in terms of like hard skill sets and the things that have been so frustrating to me throughout my life, but that I didn't have... Uh, An awareness about you know, they would like blatantly frustrate me, but I wasn't aware of why this helped me become aware of why Um, it's not cheap. You have to hire a consultant to help walk you through it. That's their business model, which is slightly annoying. However, if you're going to invest in yourself and your business. I would say this is a thing like if you get to that minimum viable income where your business is making some money and you've got a little excess, and now you're trying to level up as a person so that your business can level up, the Highlands Ability Battery would be a really valuable investment to make in yourself. So anyways, if you have questions about that, happy to answer them. Tweet me. I'm, uh, I'll answer them to the best of my ability, or I'll tag in one of the consultants I've worked with in the past.
1: Love it. All right. That's it for today just Closing out one thought of the day, I would say, and actually, Barrett, you touched on this in the like dog fooding your own product, uh, as you mentioned. I would say, sign up for your own newsletter. Like, actually, go do it. You know, type in Nathan plus whatever, you know, your name plus whatever to sign up with your Gmail account. It's brand new and go through that experience. See what it actually feels like as a subscriber. What are you saying? What are you linking to? That's like five years old, you know, we're, we're using that photo that you don't want to use anymore. And then where are the points where you could say, oh, this is the perfect time to give them this one piece of flagship content that's going to introduce them to everything I do or to pitch my course or to get them to share and work that in, go through it as they would because you'll discover so much stuff that uh, you didn't know was in there. And honestly, it'll probably be a little bit embarrassing and I'm going to go do it after this and we'll see how it goes. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for watching, send us questions and we'll talk to you on Friday. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to The Future Belongs to Creators. We're the makers of ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. To start building your audience with a landing page and to send emails up to 500 subscribers for free, Go to landingpage.new. That's landingpage.new to get started with the free ConvertKit account today. We'll see you next time.